We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that shit. we gonna see him soon. You feel me? Welcome to another episode of the Budding Heads Podcast, part of Rams Talk Radio and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. This is our final show before the NFL Draft kicks off. I'm Steve Ribeiro, here as always with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, it's almost draft day. I know this is like Christmas for you. How you doing? Oh, dude, I, I look forward to this. This is like pretty much, especially in recent years, the only thing I look forward to because the Rams don't ever sign anyone in the offseason. So, uh, yeah, the NFL draft is an exciting time for me, and uh, I'm one of those freaking draft nerds that will watch from pick one all the way to pick 250-something or other. So, yeah, uh, that's that's definitely me. That's pretty much what I'm going to be doing for the next Thursday through Saturday. Looking forward to it. Love it. I uh... – it's a weird thing where I opted, I was going to dinner either Thursday and Friday or Friday. I wanted to go Thursday because I have to watch day two of the draft because, you know, day one never matters to us anymore. Maybe next year. We'll see. Uh, Johnny, it's a big draft nerd on the pod. So we are going to let Johnny cook today. We're going to run through the picks. We're going to let him tell us about some of our favorite prospects. We'll talk about things we think they might do, might not do. But so... The Rams have 11 picks in this draft. Obviously, it sounds like a lot. There's no first-round pick. They pick at 36 in the second round, two picks in the third, 69-77, three picks in the fifth, 167-171-177, three picks in the sixth, 182-189, and 191. So basically, that's six picks in that end of the fifth, early sixth-round range, Twenty-five, six picks in a 25-pick stretch. And then at the end of the draft, they pick 223 and 234 in the seventh round. So 11 total picks. We'll start with 36, Johnny. It's been very in character for less need before Sean McVay arrived and definitely since he's been here to move up and down the draft board. I would say mostly moving back, but he has historically moved up in the past. I think we talked about him trading up for Tavon Austin last week way back when god that was like 10 years ago at this point but so at 36 i would like to know do you think whether it's up or down that they will trade this pick i would love for them to trade up and i think if there is the right guy like this guy that less need and uh sean mcveigh are just absolutely enthralled with um i think that they do um trade up but again it would have to take special circumstances and keep in mind while yes in 2024 they have a much clearer picture in 2023 that we're still 
you know, uh, suffering from, you know, lack of cap space and lack of, of uh, you know, draft capital. And there's still so many draft, uh, draft spots to, uh, or not even just draft spots, but uh, roster spots rather that the Rams need to address. You know, it's not even just about positions. It's literally about numbers. They have the least amount of players out of any team in the NFL right now. So that's, that's not a good, uh, good thing to, to hear about. So um, with that said, if they were to move up, they would probably be with even less, um, you know, picks to work with. And this year that might not be a good thing. So if anything, I see them moving down uh, if they decide not to stick with the, you know, 36th overall pick, which, you know, depending on what they can get back, that wouldn't be a terrible idea if, you know, some of the, you know, dream, uh, dream potential prospects don't fall to them. Um, and it, it's such an unpredictable year this year because even, even at the top, you know, there's so many different, uh, you know, rumors going on right now. I, I heard a very interesting rumor. This this probably doesn't affect the Rams too much down the stretch, but uh, I heard an interesting rumor that the Carolina Panthers um, may be considering Will Levis as, as the number one overall pick. I highly doubt it, but I just I, – I would be – absolutely stunned if that happens but you know it's just that kind of a draft where there are so many you know variables here that in the end this could either be really good for the Rams where you know some top uh, prospects could fall to them at pick 36 or maybe even uh, you know they see someone good enough that they may want to move up for or this could have a negative effect where the Rams may want to trade down so um, real interesting uh, thing to keep an eye out for. But if I had to guess, more than likely, I would say they'll probably stick at pick 36. That's my guess going into the draft. I agree. And I actually do think from this specific pick, they would be more inclined to trade up than trade down. I do think they will trade back and make up some picks later from one of the third round picks. And if you read some of the comments Les Snead had today, it seems like they want to get some draft capital in between 77 and 167, where they have a 90-pick gap without a pick in the fourth round and the early fifth round. And so I think it's more likely that they trade from one of those picks just because it's you look at the Rams, and it's been such a top-heavy roster. And I think like at this point in the team, and where the team's going, I think you want to go out and get a chase a stud. And if you trade back into the late 40s, early 50s, the odds of you landing like a true bona fide stud are not as high as they are at 36. It sounds like a silly thing to say out loud, but like <laughs> that's what it is. And I don't think it's impossible that they they trade up either. Because like same thing, like if you trade into the first round, you get the guy, you get a player for five years instead of four, right? And so you're adding another year on that contract. It's the, the fifth year is always expensive, but it's it's controlled. It's a short term salary, and it's an easy thing to make work, especially in the later rounds, in the earlier rounds when you're picking up like Jared Goff for twenty million dollars or whatever his fifth fifth year option was back in the day. I I don't think it's t- uh, likely, and I mean, like I've mentioned the mentioned Bijan Robinson, running back from Texas, a couple times. Listen, if he's there in the late twenties, I still think they're going to trade up for him. I think he's going to go a little. I don't think he's going to go that high, but I have a feeling somebody will trade up into the late teens or the early twenties with a little more juice than the Rams can give to get there. And ultimately, I think they know as well. Like maybe they don't want to go running back that high. But I will never put it past them. Is there anyone, Johnny, that you think you could see falling into the 20s that they would go chase and go get? Well, it, it, uh, there, there's quite a few guys, to be honest. And, and I think it just depends on uh, 
you know, what position they want to target. And, and to tell you the truth, there's so many, um, but I think we can both agree that the top two positions would be edge rusher and cornerback. And uh, I, I don't think there's any question whatsoever. And, um, you know, there's going to be a few guys uh, that are going to be a little too tempting not to, you know, trade into the first round to get, uh, especially if they're in the late 20s, early 30s, you know, um, why not, you know, trade up to go to go grab one of these guys, particularly at cornerback, just because it's such a deep uh, cornerback draft class. Um, so, you know, last week we heard about uh, Deontay Banks from uh, from Cam De Silva uh, of Ramswire. You know, I I would absolutely trade into the first round to get uh, to land this guy. Uh, I don't know if he'll be available in the late twenties um, or the early thirties, but you know, you, you never know. There's just so many different types of cornerback uh, uh, prospects. Probably a more realistic guy would be like an Emmanuel Forbes, though he could potentially also fall at pick 36, though I have my doubts. Um, that being said, as far as the uh, um, other draft prospects that you could theoretically trade up, um, a guy that I'm pretty high on is um, uh, Iowa State defense um well, he's more of an edge rusher in my opinion. Um, but uh, Iowa State, Will McDonald, would love to get him. At, no way he falls to the Rams at, at pick 36, but uh, maybe he falls far enough to the Rams uh, being able to justify going to get him. I think he would be an instant uh, difference maker. I just I, – I have my doubts that this guy uh, ends up – falling to the Rams at, at pick 36, though that would be dream case scenario. Also this where you don't have to give up anything, but um, would absolutely trade into the first round to, to land Will McDonald. Uh, another guy that comes to mind is Tyree Wilson from te- Texas tech. Uh, definitely has that big size advantage on his, on his end. Um, w- would love him too. doubtful. He lands to the Rams either, but yeah, uh, there's there's a whole slew of guys. I mean, you don't necessarily have to go edge rusher. You don't necessarily have to go um, uh, cornerback. There there are a couple other guys uh, that the Rams could target. You could also go t- uh, offensive tackle. Um, you know, offensive tackle is kind of a, a deeper draft class as well. Not exactly needed, but, you know, that that is going to be an interesting position to look forward to in the future and maybe trading into the first round for a guy um, to, you know, kind of set up for the future could be someone uh, to target. Uh, we talked a little bit about wide receiver uh, that, be, that became a little bit more, you know, realistic after trading away Allen Robinson. In my opinion, the only guy worth trading into the first round to get would be Quentin Johnston uh, out of TCU, but <laughs> I I don't know how how uh, I, I don't know where he's gonna fall. It's 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 an interesting receiver draft draft class, uh, and he's really the only receiver, in my opinion, that the the type of receiver anyway that the Rams would love to have. Uh, the rest are kind of like burners. Where yeah, I I think maybe in the later rounds. You, you could add a burner, but uh, to get that kind of big, um, that big bodied wide receiver, Quentin Johnston is definitely the, the guy you want to look out for in the first round. But other than that, uh, there's so many guys that the Rams could potentially target. And in, in the end, it's just up to Les Need and, and Sean McVay to see who, who they're actually, you know, infatuated with. I have... Yeah, it's because it's really like it's going to be really hard for them to fuck this up, honestly, if they stick at the pick. <laughs> like they'd have to do something so out of pocket for us to come on here and be like, what the fuck? Like it's I because really like any position outside of inside linebacker and 
probably quarterback, unless something crazy happens, is probably a, a position of need here. You know, even running back, we'll, we'll see how the board breaks. I think, you know, if you can't get the top guy, I don't think you consider going running back here, but it still is a position of need. And, you know, you mentioned wide receiver. My gut kind of tells me it's going to be edge, cornerback, or wide receiver if they stay at 36. If they trade up, maybe running backs in the mix. But um, I have seen Michael Meyer from Notre Dame getting mocked uh, at the tight end position. Any thoughts on him? Kind of interesting because, okay, so Michael Meyer is definitely not the freakishly athletic tight end that, you know, um, you typically see being drafted in the top 10, top 20, you know, uh, trying to think of Kyle Pitts would probably be the last one that comes to mind. Uh, He's no Kyle Pitts. You know, he's not that freakish athletic machine. He's not super fast or anything like that. But you know what? This guy's a playmaker still. He's he's obviously big body. Um, He has uh, reliable hands, which is obviously something that any team could use. So in that regard, he probably still goes in the first round, in my opinion. I don't think he's going to fall to the Rams at pick 36, though it wouldn't be an entirely big shock if they do. Um, So, again, I feel like if the Rams do land Meyer, it would would have to be they would trade up for. And for a tight end, I personally wouldn't trade up for, especially in this year's draft. But that's just my opinion. Uh, if, let's say, he falls to the Rams at pick 36, if Les Snead says, hey, you know what, uh, I I think the Rams could use the extra weapon, which, let's face it, they probably could, I'm all for it. You know, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't oppose the idea. Uh, though, keep in mind that uh, at some point, you will need to address edge and corner. And... Uh, Corner, you probably could get away with not drafting them in the 36th overall, but at edge, it just it's a huge drop off once you get past the uh, second round. Third round, you're looking more at project players, which you can certainly find some. It's just not going to be that easy. Yeah, and I, I think edges is, is the most likely route they go. And because, yeah, like you said, for all those reasons, if you're going to go get an edge rusher in the straps, you probably should do it early. If there's somebody they love that's there, or if there's a run on edge rushers before they pick, I don't think they'll hesitate to go a different route. But um, I would guess that's the direction they go in. Maybe cornerback if uh, if one of those guys, like, um, what, what's Deontay Banks, it, it winds up being there. This is, Johnny, I'm going to read you the tight ends that have been drafted in the first round or even like in the first couple picks of the second round over the last couple of years. Kyle Pitts went four in 2021. Uh, first tight end off the board in 2020 was Cole Komet at 211, uh, so pick 43. 2019, TJ Hawkinson went eight. Noah Font went 20. 2018, Hayden Hurst went 25. Mike Jacecki went 42. 2017, O.J. Howard went 19. Evan Ingram went 23. David Joku went 29. Then Gerald Everett went 44. So a lot of running or a lot of tight ends picking the draft. And then Hunter Henry went 35. So in uh, in 2016. So I, I you could argue that none of those picks were truly the value picks there. You know, maybe like Cole Komet at 43 like Dallas Goddard run 49 in 2018. I would say that's a good pick, but it's like you go TJ Hawkinson at eight, you go Cal Pitts at four. I think these guys are going to be great players. TJ Hawkinson, I think is a great player, but it, like you're not getting the value. And I listened to um, some of Jordan Rodriguez podcast at the athletic today. And she made a good point that you're like, if you draft a guy in the third round at tight end, tight ends don't normally produce in your one anyways, the odds of that guy becoming a player aren't that much lower than in the first or second round. And so, yeah, I would be pretty shocked if they went tight end at 36. I would say more than a lot of these other positions. 
wide receiver would not shock me at all. But I think with with all these positions, and I think especially with edge, with cornerback, with wide receiver, it's going to depend a lot on what other teams do and who's there. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's one of the reasons why I'm truly interested in what happens in the upper half because, you know, right now there's just a lot of talk and it's usually what happens uh, just to kind of, you know, get teams to either react or to just blow smoke. Uh, it happens every year, and it this is this year's no different. But there's always gonna be that one team that throws that curveball that affects the entire draft. And because this draft is so weird, and um, there there isn't a whole lot of talent in certain positions. And there's like a plethora of talent in other positions. So that's why, I, I don't know, it, it, it draws a lot of interest for me because I am really fascinated to see what a team like the Raiders, for example, uh, what, what they're going to end up doing. Because, you know, logically you would say that the Raiders should probably pick up a, a quarterback. But because of the signing of Jimmy Garoppolo, they don't need to really do that anymore, as funny as that sounds. Uh, you know, they could theoretically wait until the 2024 NFL draft to address quarterback if they, you know, want to go that route. I think there's multiple teams. Um, but, I... you know, that's that, that makes a huge difference. Yeah, and I think, like, you know, the Raiders, yeah, they pick seven. So if one of those quarterbacks drops, they'll probably take him. But I don't think they'll trade up for a guy. And, you know, you look at a lot like basically besides the Cardinals at three. You look at the top eight teams. Panthers, Texans, Cardinals, Colts, Seahawks, Lions, Raiders, Falcons. Cardinals are not taking a quarterback. Every other one of those teams could take a quarterback. I think it's less likely that the Seahawks or Lions will, but the Panthers are probably going to. The Texans have some options because they also pick at 12. Um, the Colts are probably going to. The Raiders could. The Falcons, if one of those guys slips to them, definitely will. So it's, and then even past that, like Bears, Eagles, no, but then you got the Titans. The Texans come back on the clock. Uh, you got the Patriots at 14, who people are talking about. You got the Packers at 15. You got the Commanders at 16. The, the Bucks at 19. I mean, and, and then we even mentioned like a team like uh, the Vikings, who have been rumored to be in the market to trade up for a quarterback too. There's going to be a lot of movement. I think that's that's going to be really the the most exciting part of this draft is who's taking these quarterbacks, and especially after last year where there was really no quarterbacks at all in the first round. It was just Kenny Pickett. That was that was an interesting draft because everyone was wondering when when a quarterback was coming off the board. You're so used to teams trading into the first round or, or in the top ten rather just to land a quarterback. You know the Christian Ponders, the Ryan Tannehills of the world, um, and people were mocking Malik Willis in the first round. He ended up going in the third. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a very good example right there, and then. You know, th that's really no different than this year because there, there are guys like, um, like uh, you know, Hendon Hooker. Uh, th these are guys that at one point was being mocked to, to go in the first round. And now it's like, will they be in a, a second round, uh, in the second round selection or a third round or – you know, that, that's just kind of an interesting dilemma. And how this affects the Rams is because, of course, if you have more teams focusing on quarterbacks, you have less teams focusing on the positions that the Rams need, such as edge rusher, such as cornerback. And uh, don't don't worry, there'll be teams that'll focus on those too. But, uh, yeah, there, there's just a lot of variables this year. And then we that's even talking about, you know, a guy like Jalen Carter, you know, what, ha what happens with him? Uh, at one point, 
there was talk that this guy could potentially be the number one overall pick. And now it's like, where is he selected? You know, does he stay in the top 10? Does he stay in the first round? Yeah, that's, that's going to be a crazy one to watch. And like, just to wrap up the quarterback thing, like even it's so crazy. Like you look back at last year's draft, there's a chance that four of these guys are the day one starters on their teams, despite there only being one quarterback picked in the first 73 picks. Because Devin Ritter could start day one for the Falcons. Sam Howell is in line to start for the Commanders. Brock Purdy is probably going to start for the 49ers. And, you know, (laughs) I don't really think any of those guys should be starting quarterbacks in the NFL, but... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There's just there are teams that they could talk themselves into. Well, let's try this guy for a year if they don't like the quarterbacks available to them. Or they could reach for a quarterback. It's, it's, it'll be interesting. Um yeah. And then speaking of the 49ers, too, there have been rumors around that teams are interested in potentially trading for Trey Lance, which would be an interesting curveball there. I I mean, are the 49ers really that confident in Brock Purdy moving forward to basically unload a quarterback that they gave up an awful lot for? Uh, I I mean, it, it could be a why not type of scenario if teams are willing to dump off a lot of capital just for the rights for Trey Lance, who we're not sure when he's going to be healthy in 2023. Well, yeah, it's interesting. Let's like, let's say hypothetically the Titans pick 41, the Falcons pick 44. If one of those teams, if the Titans at 41 called the 49ers and said, we will give you this pick for Trey Lance. Do you think they'd accept it? It would be a tough pill to to swallow for the 49ers because I would imagine they would want to get at least one first-round pick out of him, uh, which would be insanity for any team to surrender that because no one knows what you're going to get out of this guy. It's one of those things where, like, you can't trade anything earlier than a mid-second for him. But would the 49ers – like, is it worth it for the 49ers? Like, I think it's one of those things where it could depend on the draft board and maybe they'll have some offers from those teams that pass on a quarterback in the first round. Because if you're, like, in that mid, like, if if they would listen to that kind of offer, like, if you're the Titans, if you're the Commanders, I would do it. Like, I I would take a shot there um, if you don't go quarterback in the first round because the guy's got potential. But he's barely played, and Brock Purdy did – well enough, I guess. You know, I kind of hope they roll with Brock Purdy personally. Maybe that'll be a soundbite on my tombstone later in life if uh, my nightmares come true. But <laughs> deal with that when we come to it. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm absolutely with you there. It's just um, looking at. I, I think that teams would would absolutely throw them a first round pick for Trey Lance if. Lance was healthy and that's the thing he's not healthy so teams that do invest in Lance do not get a quarterback week one at least to my knowledge I I could be mistaken but they don't get a a, their their quarterback week one 
in, in Trey Lance. So is it really worth the investment for a team like the Commanders, for a team like the Titans, uh, you know, if, if they opt not to draft a quarterback in the first round? And I, I suppose it, it it could be a temporary solution, uh, you know, using one of their you know, current roster quarterbacks, but uh, Trey Lance could be worth the gamble if if teams are still that high on him. I would definitely do it from the Commanders if if that was for forty seven. I I think that kind of be a no brainer, just because like Sam Howell, like you wouldn't even play him <laughs> over Carson Wentz or Taylor Heineke last year. Yeah. Now you're like, this is our guy. What about last year when your quarterbacks were playing like dog shit? And you didn't want to play this guy. I, it's b- bizarre organization now owned by Sixers owner Josh Harris, who has no loyalty to anybody. <laughs> let's uh, let's look at sixty nine and seventy seven. I'd be surprised if they made both of these picks. I would imagine they trade down from one of them. There's not really any point of speculating third round trades but assuming they make at least one of these picks what what kind of players are you looking at in this range johnny uh that would be of interest to you you know and obviously depends what they do in the second round but assuming they don't do anything insane who who would you like in this spot okay so let's say that the rams uh, go edge rusher in, in in the second round. Um, then obviously one of these cornerbacks, uh, you know, there there are quite a few cornerback prospects that um, they could still choose from. You know, so that's kind of the interesting thing is while you could absolutely get someone that it may be a tad bit more ready at, in the second round for a cornerback you certainly could still be on the market uh, for, for a decent cornerback uh, in the third round. And, you know, a dream case scenario would be like maybe a, a guy like DJ Turner out of Michigan. Um, I think I'll be honest. I don't think he'll drop to uh, pick 69. I would love it, but I think that would be a bit of a stretch, but you know, there are other guys that, you know, will certainly be there in my opinion opinion uh though it, it, we are getting further and further down into the draft so that becomes a little bit um more unpredictable but you know guys like you know clark phillips out of utah certainly would not be um uh would, would be a, a, an interesting guy uh to to go after definitely not the biggest guy out there he is actually relatively small but uh one of the things that the rams lacked in the secondary last year was speed particularly when you threw out guys like Darian Kendrick. So, you know, having a guy like Clark Phillips out there would be certainly beneficial. Uh, uh, again, this would not be as good as, you know, say uh, an Emmanuel Forbes as a potential guy in uh, in the second round. But you know what? Um, he's still a quality player in the third round. So um, cornerback is, is certainly an option. Another guy – Another um, another position I guess you could address is wide receiver here. Um, I, I think as much as I didn't want to see this um, going back, you know, maybe two or three weeks ago, but now that Allen Robinson is officially off the team, you definitely need your bigger wide receiver. And, you know, a guy like Cedric Tillman in, out of Tennessee is definitely, I think, within reach at pick 69 here. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he isn't there, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if he is there. Uh, so that's kind of one of those things I'd love to have, uh, Cedric Tillman in the third round. Uh, we talked a lot about running back as well. You could address that here too. And and I feel like I'd be a lot more comfortable with the Rams uh, addressing the running back position in the third round, as opposed to, you know, the second round, unless it's, you know, Bijan, but that let's face it, Bijan Robinson's not going to be there. So um, uh, getting Zach Charbonnet in, in the second round or in the third round would be a dream, in my opinion. 
I, I'd love to have that there. Plus, on top of that, having an edge rusher in the second round. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but there's there's quite a few other positions you can address. The I mean, you name it, it that'll be a little bit easier to acquire at, at the pick 69 as opposed to reaching in uh, uh, pick 36 for certain positions like at tight end. Uh, you know, I'm sure there'll be other uh, tight ends that can fall into uh, pick 69, like Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State. Uh, might be a little bit tough, but I think um, having him fall in, in uh, pick 69 wouldn't be a huge stretch. But, um, yeah, it, there there are other quality tight ends available as well. So it's just kind of like pick your poison, you know. There, there's quite a few talented guys that can fall at, at uh, pick 69 and 77. Yeah, and I I feel like you know I assuming they go edge rusher or even if they go corner, um, or even like anything but skill player at thirty six, because if they don't go edge rusher at thirty six, they're probably not going edge rusher here either. I don't know what the fuck they're gonna do, but it's I think they'll they'll go for value with these picks if they make them, and I think if they go edge rusher early, I think like you laid out, it probably is a cornerback. And then I would say a skill player. I don't know if it would be a running back or a wide receiver or even a tight end. I think it would depend on how the board breaks. I think like, yeah, like if a guy like Charbonnet falls Hugh in that range, they probably would take him. But if the top guys, like if he's off the board, obviously I like don't think Jameer Gibbs will get close to here. Um, if those guys are off the board, I don't know if they like reach for a running back here you know if those three are off the board are there other running backs that like if they took you'd be like that's fine because while they do need to add a running back there are still tons of vets available that you could potentially get cheap and so I'm not like if you're not going running back high and if you're ultimately like gonna reach for a guy I'd rather just go with Cam Akers and Kieran Williams and pick up like, uh, I don't know, like Ezekiel Elliott or, you know, I don't think we could afford Leonard Fournette, but like those guys aren't signed. So I don't think you have to take a running back in this draft. You know, there are a few other guys that you could potentially go for at pick 77 but I feel like it would be a bit of a reach if you can't land a Charbonnet. You won't be able to get uh, Gibbs in the in the third round for sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, the, the other guys that I'm thinking of, I, I feel like would be a bit of a reach. Um, maybe if, if you really are not you know, comfortable with, with drafting a running back later on, which in this case would be in the fifth round. Um, you could potentially reach on a guy like Tajay Spears out of Tulane, and he's good. I would be more comfortable drafting him in the fourth round considering we had a fourth-round pick. Certainly not someone I'd want to spend a third-round pick on. There, there are a couple of other guys that come to mind, but I feel like you're, you're really reaching here. Um, the only other guy I guess you can consider. No, no, I, I wouldn't even entertain it. Uh, just stick, stick with um, Charbonnet in the third round. If he's there, cool. Draft him if you really want a running back. Um, if not, find another position. There, there's a slew of positions that the Rams need, so – um, yeah, I, I feel like there's no sense of reaching, uh, this year when you have so many needs, they need everything. And like, when you, when you look at the free agents, like I, I mentioned Zeke and Fournette, like Kareem Hunt's still available. It's a little drier besides those guys, but like, so like Jarek McKinnon out there, Daryl Williams, like there are bodies out there. Um, and I feel like you probably could get one of those top three guys in the Rams cap space, but I don't know. And then you look at receivers, it's like Kenny Galladay, Randall Cobb, Julio Jones, Jarvis Landry, Byron Pringle, 
the aforementioned Sammy Watkins from last week's pod. Uh, I'm telling you, if they don't draft a receiver, I'm not ruling it out. I'm not ruling out the reunion with them or Kenny Galladay. But I think, like, if you're going to reach at one of those two positions, I don't think you should reach it either. But receiver feels like it could be a better value depending on how the running board breaks. Because it is entirely possible that only two running backs have been picked by 69. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, it, it, I would like to say that the Rams won't reach, but something tells me that there, there there's going to be at least one of these picks that you're going to scratch your head saying, what? <laughs> well, that's that's tradition. But I think, listen, if if they don't fuck it up at 36, whether they trade back, whether they trade up, if they take a normal pick, at that pick or whatever they do with it, if they do a gamble at one of these picks, because like if like ultimately if they took two two out well at seventy seven, it wouldn't be the running joke like it is now, uh, because it would have been wouldn't have been their first pick, and ultimately like, yeah, if you if you're in the the, the late seventies, there are already seventy five players drafted. Like you're not getting the cream of the crop. So I I don't know, but yeah, I'm sure they'll do something funky. They always do. Maybe it's a quarterback of one of those picks. I I really hope not. But let's so let's keep going down the board. They might they'll probably trade up or trade back into the late fourth, early fifth. Um, but the picks we know they have, and I think are worth talking about because we're, we're 40 minutes into a podcast two days before the draft. The late fifth, early sixth, they pick six times. So I'm sure they'll move around some of these picks. Maybe it'll be ammo to move up a little bit. But they're going to be throwing some darts. And if they have six picks here, Johnny, I would imagine one of them is a quarterback. If they if they keep these picks. And I don't think it's a need, but I feel like Sean McVay would like a new toy in there in the quarterback room behind Matthew Stafford. Is there anyone that's falling this far uh, that you could see having like some potential. Obviously you're not sitting here like, well, Tom Brady won the sixth round. Maybe we could find him. That doesn't happen. That's not real. But is there anyone you could see being like talking yourselves into as having potential to, if every single thing goes right for them, maybe having a pathway to being a starter. Ooh. Okay. So that that's, a very tricky question because you, you're uh, going lower and lower into the draft. You're going into the fifth round at this point. And yes, there are, there is gold. There is a gem hidden in, in uh, the later rounds when it comes to quarterbacks. Uh, it's very rare. You're, it's very rare to find like a, a Tom Brady there. Um, but to slide all the way down to the fifth round. And you'd be happy with a Brock Purdy here if you draft yes. the quarterback. I don't uh, think he's I mean, the guy for them. I don't think he should be looked at as a guy. But, like, you draft him in, on day three, you are fucking thrilled. No question. And I, I would love to say, you know, certain uh, quarterbacks' names that um, that I think could be someone that could eventually be a starter – but for it to be all the way down into the fifth round, you know, guys like a Tanner McKeith out of Stanford, I, I think would certainly be a guy that could be uh, a starter. But the problem with that is I don't think he's going to be a fifth round pick. I think this is a guy that could be drafted as high as the second or third round. Um, so that's where it gets a little bit dicey. Now, there's such a huge drop off. And basically my only... 
my only suggestion here, and, and I don't believe that this guy is a starting NFL quarterback, um, even though he's my boy, uh, and that's UCLA's own Dorian Thompson-Robinson. I, I like him a lot in terms of him being a dual-threat quarterback, but I just don't see him as being a true starting caliber quarterback. Uh, as much as I love for him to come on the Rams and uh, become, you know, the eventual starter of this team, realistically speaking, I don't really see him being uh, a starting NFL quarterback. But will he be there in the fifth round? Yeah. Yeah, he'll be there. Yeah, and, and I mean, at this point, you're just throwing a dart and hoping you hit a bullseye. And, like, you look at the available quarterbacks if they don't go quarterback at all in this draft. You got Carson Wentz out there. Did Matt Ryan ret- retire? He retired, right? Yeah, I believe he retired. You got Carson Wentz. You got Teddy Bridgewater. You got Mason Rudolph. Joe Flacco, Chase Daniel, Trevor Simeon, Brandon Allen, John Wolford, Bryce Perkins, Brett Ripon. Josh Johnson, it's not great. It's not great. And so we'll see what happens. I would I would be perfectly content if they got, like, Wentz or Bridgewater. But I feel like they might throw a dart with one of these picks. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be real interesting to see some of these quarterbacks because, again, I feel like a lot of these quarterbacks are – uh, once you get past, you know, uh, the McKees of, of, of uh, the draft, I, you know, there's a couple of other guys you could throw a dart at, but yeah, it, it's, it's going to be really tough. Well, let's look around to some other, I mean, because I know you love digging deep into these drafts. Are there guys that are getting fifth, sixth, maybe even seventh round grades that you are kind of puzzled by how low they're being graded that you would love to see them take with one of these picks. I mean, again, like anyone who's fought the draft, you're not getting a slam dunk pick in the fifth or sixth round. It, it's just literally impossible. If it was a slam dunk pick, it would have happened earlier. But anyone you see with like clear upside that like you think could translate to the next level that's kind of being graded on a lower scale like this. Oh, man, there, there's quite a few, but one that immediately comes to mind, I've seen him, to be fair, I've seen him mocked as, as high as, you know, the third round, um, but I've also seen him being mocked as low as, you know, a fifth or sixth round. So, um, again, once you get kind of past the third round, it's kind of a, a guessing game. Uh, we see, we've seen, uh, you know, prospects go as high as, as the second round, even though they were being mocked to the Rams, um, uh, and they have no shot. Uh, technically, it was a first-round pick, but last year we saw that in Cole Strange, um, but yeah. he ended up being yeah. a first-round pick. Um, but and, and vice versa as well. You know, guys we've seen go uh, get mocked extremely high, and then just they just fell for whatever reason. But um, one guy that I, I kind of scratching my head at, is uh, Alabama's uh, defensive lineman, um, Byron Young. Uh, Just because he he was, I I felt like even though he kind of had a down year in 2022, it wasn't, you know, I feel like he's, you know, a big physical specimen. So that you you can't help but, you know, at least want to take a a, a flyer on this guy. Um, Because again, if you're in the, uh, if you're in the fifth or sixth round and this guy is still there, why don't you, you know, give him a shot? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, it, where he lands. I, I'm definitely going to keep an eye on him, but it, there's quite a few other guys um, at a lot of different positions. Um, <laughs> I I try not to say too much of my own uh, my own team, which as many of you are already aware of, uh, you know, I'm a UCLA guy and, you know, not, not to toot my own team's horn, but there's actually quite a few prospects, um, to keep an eye out for. And I, I don't think people realize, 
uh, if you're a UCLA fan, you know who I'm talking about. But, like, uh, um, there are offensive linemen um, that is projected to go as low as, you know, a, a day three pick. And that's um, their offensive guard, John Gaines. Uh, would absolutely love to get him, uh, especially if he somehow, you know, uh, finds his way in, like, the fifth round. Um, I, I think that that's quality depth there. And, uh, you know, for a guy that if you're going to spend like a fifth or sixth round pick on, on an offensive lineman, you know, if if this guy could theoretically uh, play for, for uh, you know, uh, some playing time, that's, a, that's already a win in my opinion. I Googled Byron Young and found out there are two Byron Youngs in the draft this year. Really? Made it extra confusing. Yeah, there's a prospect out of Tennessee as well. Defensive end. And then defensive tackle from Alabama. That's fun. Uh, (laughs) Any other names you want to throw out there? I mean, we've rattled off a lot here. I'm very curious to see where they go here. And I think, like, you know, with these plethora of six-round picks, you know, I think they will... If they don't go running back high, I think they take a shot at a running back here again, I guess, for the fucking 10th straight year. They'll probably add some depth to the offensive line room. They're definitely, I would be shocked if one of these picks isn't a safety um, because I don't think, I don't know if they'll go safety high. Safety, I mean, safety's definitely on the board for those third round picks too, if they keep them. Yeah, for sure. And, and, uh, I, I think as far as safety is concerned, there's no better team that's that's good at scouting, you know, safeties in the lower rounds. I mean, we we just lost our top safety last year, who happened to be a seventh round pick in Nick Scott. That's insanity. Yeah, right. This is where they land safety successfully, as insane as that sounds, is these picks. So, like, yeah, there's going to be a safety, maybe even two in this mix. Yeah, and and there are, there are definitely guys to keep a uh, to keep an eye out for in, in terms of safeties. Um, I know, I know. Technically, this guy can can play uh, corner and safety, though I like him personally better as a safety, and that's uh, Illinois's uh, Jartavius Martin. Uh, He's not a low-round pick. Let's get this clear first. Uh, this guy will definitely be a guy to look out for in the third round, uh, probably at pick 77. Um, I think that would be a, a, a huge pickup for the Rams at, at pick 77. Might be a tiny bit of a reach because, again, value-wise in terms of safeties. Um, but overall, I think this is definitely a, a guy to look out for, especially – considering that the Rams safety situation is very unpredictable, but I, I wouldn't mind drafting uh, Jotavius Martin or another way the Rams could, um, could, you know, play this. Maybe they trade down into the fourth round and, uh, and, and select them there. Then your value is certainly a lot better. Um, yeah. I, I'd, I'd be game for Jotavius, uh, Jotavius Martin. Yeah. I, I mean, my hope, because they're definitely going to trade back at some point, I think, because they have no players on the team. My hope is that they either make 36 and trade up, or trade up, I mean, and then trade back from one of these two picks at 69 and 77, possibly even trade back from both, and get some stockpile for the fourth and fifth round and just throw as many darts as you can at the board. And I think, like, because they have no players and they need everyone like, this is probably why, like, to me personally, I don't think they should take a quarterback at all, like the whole draft. I think just you're not getting your quarterback of the future here. It's so unlikely. And you know, like, you know if the Matthew Stafford experiment fails this year, they are going to take a quarterback in the first round next year. Like, like, like there's no way that wouldn't be the scenario, right? Like, it's either he works out or they take a quarterback in the first round next year. Like that guy, you're not going to get that guy in the roster this year. Pick up Teddy Bridgewater or bring back like Bryce Perkins, I guess, and just 
take shots at everything else here because the success of this team is either going to be with Matthew Stafford or with somebody who will not be on the roster in 2023. I mean, I think personally, and that's why, like, I, I don't understand why there's, like, so much talk about drafting a quarterback this year unless it's in one of the lower round picks at that point. If you see potential, why not? Uh, it's it's less it, – it's – first of all, the Rams need backups anyway. You know, yeah, they don't and, have – And it's like – I'm not going to be upset if they take a quarterback, but, yeah, you need backups at every single other position. Everyone. There's not a position on the roster where you don't need to add a player at. And we didn't even mention special teams. Like, they need yeah. every single position – and they need quarterback too, but that's the one where you don't have you're not playing multiple people during the games. And since you're not a contender this year, the quarterback the backup quarterback position is not that valuable. And, and you're right, you're right. And uh, uh, truthfully, I feel like if you're not going to draft for like a quarterback of the future, which in my opinion, I I don't think they should at the pick 36 um what they could do is they could just wait for um they, they could wait for undrafted free agents you know it's not the sexiest thing to do in terms of having a backup quarterback but you know that's a much better option than say reaching for a guy in like the third or trade down into the fourth round um to select a, you know a potential you know, a guy that ha- may have a tiny bit of potential. In-, in this case, I'm kind of with you. I would much rather wait until next year, uh, considering that Matthew Stafford is, you know, definitely not the guy. Um, but even then, like, I feel like even if he is the guy still, uh, he's playing on borrowed time also. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. And I think, I think the other thing to consider here is that even though even though that um, Matthew Stafford could potentially be that guy, he's on borrowed time. You know, he, he's definitely on borrowed time. You know, I, I don't think that this is a guy that's going to be with the Rams for the next three to five years, you know, um, I think we'd be lucky if he's still playing at a high level this year and maybe next year. So at that point, considering that the Rams don't trade away their, their first round pick in 2024, which we know how easy that is to do. Well, and um, if they trade it away, that means Matthew Stafford is gunning. That means he's firing on all cylinders. I think that's true. That that's a fair assessment. Because yeah, um, you're not doing, you're not moving that pick unless it, unless the team like because obviously they are presenting the team, you know whether they're telling the truth or not, as if they think they have a chance this year. That's what Snead has been saying. That's what McVay has been saying. And there's a world where they do. You know, it's not a likely world, but when you have. Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Sean McVay, if you hit on some of these picks, if guys develop, then you might have a shot if you trade for another blue-chip guy who's going to step in. And that usually involves trading a first. But I think they are smart enough at this point to know that if Matthew Stafford doesn't look 100% right, they're not trading that pick. No, no. And and then considering that they'll – if they're as bad as we think they are, this is going to be a team that has a top 10 pick, in my opinion. I, I don't think that's controversial to say. And, of course, I don't want that to happen, but um, that's more and more likely. So I don't know if the Rams do have the capability of, of being able to draft a Caleb Williams uh, who will be, you know, the top quarterback in the 2024 NFL draft. Um, you know, I feel like if you want Caleb Williams, you need to have the number one overall pick, which I don't think they're going to be. 
Um, so then you have to assess, well, would you be comfortable drafting maybe, you know, LSU's Jaden Daniels, maybe uh, Texas's Quinn Errors, you know, that's kind of something you have to keep in mind. And it's still very early to, to assess that far ahead, but it is something you have to keep in mind moving forward. Yeah. You know, my prediction, looking at some historic, looking at the how they picked, they haven't picked a quarterback since Jared Goff at any pick in the draft. And keep in mind, Johnny, that during this time, they drafted a fucking fullback, and they haven't <laughs> drafted a quarterback. Uh, so I feel like they won't. They might, but, like, like if you're going to take a, a wild position in, like, like let's 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 put it this way. If you're picking at one ninety or whatever, you'd rather have a quarterback or a kicker. I'd rather have a kicker. I'd rather have a punter. Oh yeah, no question. Because you need those, and they don't get drafted high. You're getting the best one in the draft. Better than getting the twelfth best quarterback or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and. I, I think that, I, truthfully, I think all of that could be addressed in undrafted free agents. But um, I'm with you. If if you're getting, if drafting a kicker in the sixth round means you're getting the best kicker in the draft, by all means, go for it. Why not? Yeah, I'm excited for kicker punter camp battles, man. I'm so excited about it. <laughs> no one loves kicker punter camp battles more than Steve does. It would also be fun, too, if they don't draft a quarterback and then just sign, like, four undrafted free agents, and they're just like, all right, fellas, let's see what you got. <laughs> Kick for your lives. <laughs> ah, boy. All right. Well, uh, end with this, Johnny, because I'll let you figure this. Give me one name that you would you want to see the Rams leave with. It could be someone you mentioned on the podcast. The one name you're hoping ends up on the team. Can it be real? Does it have to be realistic? Give me mildly realistic. Give me one somewhat realistic and one not realistic. Okay. One not realistic, uh, Christian Gonzalez. <laughs> uh, the cornerback out of Oregon. Would love to have him. Won't happen. What's he, what's but, he projected to go like six right now? Uh, he, he's at least. Yeah, at CBS. Lions take him at six. <laughs> He, he's at, at at the absolute latest. This guy's top fifteen pick. So yeah, that's that's the unrealistic one. Um, a more realistic pick. Hmm. I, I'd either have to go with either Will McDonald or um. You or don't Emmanuel have to, You don't have to act like it's not Zach Charbonnet, Johnny. You don't have to act like that. Oh, trust me, I'd be ecstatic. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I, I would be less ecstatic if they pick him at pick 36. I'll, I'll say that much. Yeah, I mean, Will McDonald, I've seen in a lot of mock drafts going to the Rams, so I think it's I think it's a realistic one, and that'd be a, that'd be a phenomenal pick. Uh, yeah, Will if, Mc... if we get Will McDonald, I think that this is hands down one of the best uh, NFL drafts for the Rams in a long time because they would actually pick you know, a player that they aren't reaching for. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't want to get to um, pick 36 and only see a guy like Creed Humphrey available only for them to pass and get to two at will. Like, they haven't nailed, like, uh, truly nailing a pick in the second or third round. It's been the entire time. How long is how long have they been here together? Six years. At it's least. been Cooper Cup, John Johnson, and Ernest Jones. And if you want to throw Joe Newboom in there, like sure. But like, I'm not throwing Van Jefferson in there. I'm not throwing Cam Akers in there. I'm not throwing Taylor Rapp in there. Daryl Henderson, David Long. Those guys are just bad. Tutu Atwell, bad. Uh, Terrell Burgess, Terrell Lewis. Bad. Uh, Logan Bress, we'll see. Gerald Everett, fine, I guess. But we took him at 44. So, man, they really, like, if if they have a bad draft this year, they need to shake up the scouting department. 
because the last two drafts were like borderline abysmal besides the Ernest Jones pick. And we'll see how some other guys in 2022 shake out. In 2020, I mean, like, it's just kind of Jordan Fuller and I guess Van, maybe a Tremaine Ingram is something. Yeah. Cam Akers, I guess. But yeah. that draft, even if Cam Akers and Van are okay this year, I think it's still, that draft leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Not as bad as 2021, though. No, that, I don't think you can get any worse than that one. It's really the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh with Tutu Atwell and then Ernest Jones. <laughs> no kidding, man. <laughs> no kidding. All righty. Well, Derek has said he will be back on Thursday. So y'all hold him accountable, not me. Uh, if he does not host a show this weekend, everybody blow up his inbox and tell him he needs to host a show soon. Uh, but yeah, be on the lookout for draft coverage pods all weekend. There should be a couple. And you'll probably hear from us at some point there, too. So, God help us all. Goodbye. Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home, and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio.